I've been praying for the non-believers. All my neighbors thinking I will leave her. Awful eager to fall for all deceivers. They don't care what the creator prefers. They don't believe in walking up to Peter. They don't believe in God, Jesus either. Go from breeders and the instant reapers. Listen to the tweeters, the twisted leaders, misdemeanors. Then you Hello, welcome to Be Vigilant. I'm your host, Matt Dean. With me, as always, is my wife and co-host, Becky. Today's show is brought to you by our loyal listener and longtime friend, Angela Johnson. Thank you for your support. Thank you guys, everybody out there that's helped support us, keep us on American Christian Network, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. We love bringing you what God put on our heart a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Hopefully God's putting more on my heart more often, right? Yeah, more often than just when you're on the radio. But we get these two half hours to talk to you guys about what we can. And uh, if you guys would like to help out, we are always looking for kind uh, people to help keep us on the air and keep us on the digital air. Is it digital air? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You just made that up. Yep. Hey, reach out, 509-818-7818. We'd love to partner with you guys. And uh, we'd love your prayers first mm-hmm. because we know as we put these things out there, Satan's going to come back at us because we're saying what he doesn't like. And the same to you. You should be out there. You should be in the grocery store. You should be wherever you are saying what Satan doesn't like. I, I, that just hit me. I like kind of saying that. We all know we should be sharing God's word. But let's say stuff that Satan doesn't like, which is everything from God's word, right? Mm-hmm. Is that too Sunday schoolish, too childish for you? Becky's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yes, crazy. One day we'll get this show up on video and you can see the look she gives me. No, we will not. No? That's probably best for my sake. <laughs> but I did want to share with you. Some scripture that I heard, and I like it. I like it all, but I like this one for today's world. And it's 2 Corinthians. Oh, no. <laughs> that is technically correct. Yep. But hey, we're not going to say it. I'm not going to blame old Trump for that. It's 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to start in verse 2. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with the, that confidence, wherewith I think that to be bold against some which think of us as if we walked according to the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of god and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ and having in a in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled when i read that feels like paul the general Right? Like he'd be in front of a massive crowd of people. Yelling it into a megaphone? Yeah. It just lifts me up. We know that that's not what Paul was doing. No. I can't remember where the letters to the church at Corinth were. It wasn't when he was in prison, was it? It was after he left. Yeah, because, well, I don't know for sure, but I know Colossians and Thessalonians were while he was in prison, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking. What, don't throw that stuff out there yeah. when you don't know, because hey, I don't know. I'm not a Bible scholar yet. <laughs> Give me time. But what I do like about this is he starts out talking about, hey, right? I beseech you that I may not be bold when I'm present with that confidence, right? He says, I'm not always going to be there, and don't let me be confident in my own. Don't let me be bold in my own confidence is what I get, right? Sure. Yep. And to be bold against some which think of us as we walked according to the flesh. That's pretty self-explanatory. We lived for our own sake. We lived for the world, right? Mm -hmm. That's the flesh. 
Their world, I don't know when I think about that time too, their world was a little different what they lived for. A little bit, but not really. Well, I think more like they didn't have the creature comforts that we have today. Like I guess couches that's, and TVs. And yeah, their life was kitchens. more. Yeah, they had surplus and they had niceties, but a lot of their life was they didn't have refrigeration. Right. Right. They there was a lot of cooking. There was a lot of you know having to get stuff, having to make a living. It all I'm saying is that that's just more to ensnare us and entrap us today. Not that yeah. they didn't have that stuff. That we just have a lot more to pull us away from the Word of God. Yeah, because a lot of those comforts that we have today make us lazier mm -hmm. like we used to go to the store remember growing up as in as kids going christmas shopping mm -hmm. it wasn't even about buying stuff it was about the atmosphere oh yes and the smells and the lights and that kind of stuff we looked forward to that mm -hmm. and nowadays it's just push a button on your phone and there's yeah. no human interaction whatsoever that pulls you away from God. And, and all these mm. little things, like uh, they didn't have ovens well, like we did. I mean, they cooked with fire back mm -hmm. then, obviously, but they they didn't have microwaves. Yeah. So preparing a meal, you did it with love and blood, sweat, and tears. Mm -hmm. And so it was appreciated. Now you tell your kids, go throw something in the microwave if you're hungry or... There's no sitting down to a meal. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff, that will pull you away from God. Yeah. The laziness that we, that the world has thrown, or the things that make us lazy that the world's thrown at us, I guess is what I'm getting at. That's what takes the hardness for away from us to me that he's beseeching. That's what Paul says. I beseech you to be strong, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've gotten into this week almost. We've gone soft. We have gone soft. Yep. Y'all y'all gone soft. In more ways than one. We're just doughy blobs. Yeah. Walking. I think of the movie Wally. We don't even yes, exactly. We don't even walk around anymore. We drive around. Mm -hmm. We don't get out of our cars anymore. You there's where was I the other day that was like, do they seriously have a drive up curbside? Oh, at the pet store. Hmm. Well, that's all COVID brought that all on. I know, but but it's new. Yeah. This this store's curbside pickup is new hmm. and i thought man you're really taking the fun away from your dog yeah because dogs love to go into pet smart that's a trip they get to go in they usually get treats there's so many now, smells curbside pickup <laughs> yeah Boo. it's everywhere right what paul yes. says next for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh we need to remember that we're not warring against the world right for the weapons of our Warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God and the pulling down of strongholds. Let God break those walls down. Be ready to walk through. Right. But let God do that. So many times in my life where I've tried to do something and say, you know, I got this, God. Ooh, that's a demonic uh, yeah. statement. He very humbly lets me know that I'm not that person to knock down those strongholds and that he will. Mm -hmm. And every time I don't try it and God knocks something down and I'm, I walk through it, and I'm talking about maybe somebody's, you know, walls they put up that they don't want to hear about Christ or whatever that is. When I allow God to go first and all I do is follow, man, the, the job is so much easier. Mm -hmm. When you already let him pave the way. And maybe I'm speaking to the choir there, but if I'm, if I'm not, maybe if I'm speaking to you today and you are struggling with those, you know, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this for God, but nothing comes of it. Maybe let God do it for you and then you 
you just clean up the easy stuff. Or quit trying to impo- impose your will onto mm. God and saying it's his will when it's really yours. So true. I'm sure we all have done that. We can go down in a whole different show, <laughs> take up another half hour for that. We got more to talk about here. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So there's a lot right there to unpack. Mm-hmm. I like those words. I'm going to unpack this, right? We're going to sit here for a minute is what the preachers say, right? Okay. I've heard some. <laughs> Maybe Charles Lawson doesn't say that, but I've heard some other preachers say it. So what, what is Paul talking about here, you know? Is that I lost my place here, sorry. Is casting down the imaginations of every high thing that exalted itself against God. We are bombarded daily with garbage that wants to take our eyes off the prize. Mm-hmm. Everything. Imaginations, I like that. That's a great, great term for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you don't have a King James, it doesn't say that. Yeah, well. I would suggest getting a key. There you go. But that's just my personal opinion, backed up by facts. But if let's just take a, the Americanese speak here. Is that, right, well, everything that's against it and exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we need to get rid of. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about some stories here in a minute, but what are we doing to push that garbage out of our life? That's my question. And it's a question for myself, too. Well, the only thing that can push it out is if you cram your life full of God mm-hmm. in the Bible. Reading. Reading and studying and learning. Mm-hmm. There's a line from one of the songs, if you listened a couple of weeks ago, last month, new Christian conservative uh, hip-hop artist Telfer, he says, use the Bible as a bevel, right? Mm-hmm. Put everything against what the Bible has to say. Everything in your life. Use, use that. And... How does it shake out? That's what I get right. when I listen to him say that. And that's what I'm getting here. Is if you can't line it up, then you need to make room. Yep. And like Becky said, how you do that? You just got to keep cramming the word of God into you and push all that other stuff out. And eventually your life will filter itself out. Yep. All the garbage will filter itself out. Yeah. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I think maybe this might be the most influential part of this part for it's me. It's also one of the most difficult things to do, mm. taking every thought cap- captive, captive, captive. <laughs> I almost said captivity. Take it all. Hey, take it into captivity. Yeah, do that. Same thing, but that's not what it says. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's difficult. If you've ever experienced, Oh, it says into captivity. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, if you've ever experienced as the secular world likes to call it intrusive thoughts, mm-hmm. which is really just Satan whispering in your ear. Ooh then you know how difficult it is to take those thoughts captive mm-hmm. and be in charge of them because you can have a thought running through your head minute after minute after minute after minute. And if you don't say, Lord, get this thought out of my head. Mm-hmm. In get so thee many away ways, from Get yeah, thee behind me. It's, it's going to stay there, and it's going to negatively impact your life. Mm-hmm. It's That's going true. to guide you down the path that you don't want to go. Yep. Taking every thought into captivity, for men, you know, you've got to first know the Scripture. You have to know what Christ would want you to think about through his word, through the red letters in the Bible. He laid it out there for us. Then look at your life. And I guess I'm just speaking to men because I am a man, Mm -hmm. right? God has given you a wife. Is she what you are lusting after and longing for? 
I know there's men out there that they speak one way to their wife and they speak another way to other women. And it, to me, when I hear it, it's just, it's weird. Who are you around that you're hearing that? I work in a secular <laughs> job. Well, now I hate everyone you work yeah, with. Yeah, there you go. So. Well, no, it's just, you know, how do you speak? You, you speak about your wife one way and you speak about other women another way. To me, that's, that. you know, this yeah. guy, this macho thing. I'm like, I, you know, I've never been that way. You Even, shouldn't be speaking about other women if you have a wife. Period. Yeah, okay. You're attacking me now, and I'm no, trying to no, explain to talking, you. I'm not saying you. Yeah. I'm saying in general, if you're married, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be speaking about other women. Yeah, that's that's the, the point I'm that getting at. That you're talking about. It's just it's crazy, and maybe these men aren't Christians, but I've heard Christian men act and talk like this. Yes, because we're all sinners. Yeah. So, but to me, that's an easy. If we're, we're trying to get the low low hanging fruit, so to speak, let's talk about that. Let's mm -hmm. remove that part of your life, especially. If you're having trouble in your marriage, mm -hmm. then the worldly answer would be, we'll look over here. Yeah. This is great. But in reality, if you're having those thoughts and you're having trouble in your marriage and you combat those thoughts, then that's going to increase the love that you have for your wife because you're going to... This is in my head and I'm having a hard time getting it out, but the more you combat thoughts about other women or if you're a, a woman other men then you're going to want to defend your husband or wife mm -hmm. and that's going to increase the love because you'll increase the respect you have for them yeah Does that's that make so, sense? oh yeah total sense <laughs> okay so true she said what i was getting at she said it way better than me and that's because did i because i really was fumbling god gave me a good wife what can i say i'll brag on her yeah, right. but it, it goes further than that you know into other things I see a lot of men, they have these outside hobbies that take them away from their family. You know, I, a lot of guys say, why don't you work on your own cars and stuff? It's like, well, I'm away from the home enough. I feel bad if I'm out in the garage trying to tinker with something for because I'm not a mechanic. If I was a mechanic and I could fix things real quick, maybe that'd be different. And I have to say, the start of this slide into alone time stems from man caves. Oh. And now it's funneled over into she sheds and Ooh. i have always had a disdain for a man cave or a she shed why do you want to spend even more time away from your family mm -hmm. maybe if you want to spend time away from your family you should fix what the problem is in your family yep because you had the family to have spend time with them and to lead them and guide them so mm -hmm. there's clearly a deeper issue getting a man cave or a she shed is not going to fix the issue spending time a little bit of time apart, absolutely. Spending extra time apart on top of your full-time jobs, mm -hmm. then there's an issue. And we're speaking to the blue collar. We're not. We're not speaking to the independently wealthy that don't work. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> if you are independently wealthy and you're listening to this show, thanks. We could use some help. Mm -hmm. But anyways, when you say man cave, I'm from San Francisco. It just sounds like a gay bar. <laughs> I've never. I'm with Becky on this 100%. Man caves. If you got one, I'm not bashing you. Just. Call it something. Call Invite it the, your family. What happened to men had dens? Like yeah, when I look back, maybe that's where a man cave came from. Was dens. Mr. Brady had a den. Yeah. From the Brady Bunch, if you don't know who that is. Yeah, my we had a den, but mm -hmm. it, it wasn't Dad's den. It was the den. Yeah. And I couldn't even tell you which room it was anymore. Hey, I think it's your mom's it sewing be a room. Family. Now. No, that was my bedroom. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, 
if you're setting yourself up to have this man cave alone, she shed, I need to, you know, go out and drink wine, whatever it is. We're just speaking in stereotypes here. Right. I don't know really what goes on in those. Yeah. We ain't got that kind of money. What we're talking about here is if you are in a marriage that you know that God is blessed, where is the running away from that marriage coming from? And and maybe I'm just speaking once again about myself. I spend, I work a lot. That's just the nature of my job. I don't want to spend any more time away from, I feel like I already miss out. Mm-hmm. And I hope that other men out there hear this. They they hope that when they go home, man, I need to see my kids. I need to see my wife. You know, I don't want to run out to the bar with the boys. Mm-hmm. And from a wife's point of view, and I know I've said this on the show before, Greet your husband at the door. Mm-hmm. And if you can't, I mean, if you can't do that every day, that's understandable. Sometimes I'm working when he gets home. Mm-hmm. But if I'm sitting on the couch and I hear him pull up, I'm trying to pull myself out of the couch because sometimes it's hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. But when he walks in the door, I'm heading toward the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And she's good. It know? used to be easier. I had loud diesel trucks. I don't have that anymore. I can sneak into the house now. But when I hear that back door. Yep. I don't push the kids out of the way or anything, but mm-hmm. well, we all actually, sometimes it might even be annoying for him. We're crowded around Never. him when he comes in the door, but that's, you should be happy to, to greet your spouse at the door. And if not, then we'll go back to, there's an issue mm-hmm. and you need to get to the bottom of it and fix it. And genuinely the best place to start is in the Bible. Yeah. Genuinely. She said that it's the truth. Always put God first. Then the rest fall in place, mm-hmm. right? When you realize that God gave you a spouse that no marriage is perfect. Don't get me wrong here. We're not, we're not saying, hey, here we are, Dr. Phil and whatever that plastic face no, lady is. Sometimes I go to the door and I'm mad, yep. but I still make it a point to go to the door. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully she's not mad at me because I've been gone all day. I Sometimes your texts can come across, you know. Yeah. So there you go. Put Maybe she was on angry in the morning. So I'm still mad yep. 13 hours later when you get home. So. <laughs> Try not to do that. (laughs) But really, if you, how did we got here from Paul and his, uh, as a general? And that's all right. That's how we like to do this show. That's how we like to flow. Hopefully, we're doing God justice by what we're saying here. And hopefully, you're getting something out of it out there. And we go back to what we were talking about here is the taking captive every thought into obedience to Christ. It's a lot harder than it sounds, but it is well worth the effort is what Becky was saying. Mm-hmm. It is well worth looking at your life, taking stock of what what you're thinking, what you're doing, what you're saying, and overlaying what Christ would be okay with you saying. Mm-hmm. The man that went to the cross for your sin, which is probably what you're not, that you shouldn't be taking captive, but you are, i.e. the music, the movies, the TV shows, whatever you're watching, it could be that. Right, and go on, it says, in having in readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Maybe I just like that it says revenge, right? <laughs> we don't get to get revenge. No. But you need to revenge your disobedience. I believe that's what Paul is talking about. You need to you need to get rid of that, your disobedience to God, and you need to move forward and you need to move for God. I think that's as far as I could take that one. We do have some some other articles we'd like to bring to you, unless you got anything left on that one you don't nope. talk about. Mm-mm. You know we like going into the news for you. And we'll start 
We'll go back to brianresearch.org. New website that Becky found. I really like it. Talk about New Age. Mm. Is it New Ageism? New Age movement. Yep. And this yeah. is from Erwin W. Lutzer, who they're quoting on this BereanResearch.org. Thousands of people who have been ensnared by the teachings of the New Age movement are waking up to the realization that they are now hostages to Satan and his demons. Others are still deceived, believing that they have come to a new understanding of themselves by tapping into the hidden powers of the universe. Let's think about the subtlety of, subtlety of Satan's trap and then point the way out of his mystical maze. Fortunately, Christ's power can destroy his clever grip on the lives of those who admit their need for help. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a quote from Erwin W. Lutzer. I'm not really familiar with him, but I like how he said that. Yeah. Hopefully he's not a heretic and I'm quoting some nut job. Well, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's true. Because, yeah, the New Age movement, right? Yeah, basically it's just Eastern mysticism wrapped up in a little Christian bow. Yeah. Here's some fast fast facts for it. Based in esotericism. Esotericism? Esotericism. Esotericism. I.e. private enlightenment through mystical spiritual experiences and spiritual searching characterized by alternative approaches to traditional Western culture. Call the earth Gaia. Gaia is the goddess and the creator and the giver of birth to the earth and all the universe. Thus, she is to be revered and respected, even worshipped, put man and nature on an equal level. Nature is part of God through nature. All people can unite. Human potential movement, cultivation of extraordinary potential believed to be largely untapped in most people. Mm-hmm. And by people, they mean she's. Yeah. Because this is the roots of feminism. And if you've listened to our show before, we have touched on the divine feminine. and mm-hmm. how They are turning everything into a goddess. Yeah. Now, goddess, she... And this comes from paganism and, and the pagan roots and the witchcraft and um, Sophia, which is the goddess that they are trying to replace, which is actually Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And without going down a long rabbit hole of how we come to all these names, uh, Sophia will eventually take the place of God mm. in Eastern mysticism and also known as Shekinah. Yikes, I just found this out. Yeah, It's a, the Hebrew definition or hmm. translation for Shekinah is Sophia, who is the divine feminine goddess. Hmm. But the, the name Shekinah is also in the Bible as well. Yes, that's that's where it came from. Oh, okay. I thought it was somebody's name. It is also. No. Anyways, gotcha. I'm not I'm not real up on Sophia. I'll have to study that more. If you want to check out more, you can check out uh, the missionary Spencer Smith on YouTube. His Third Adam series. We're waiting for the Third Adam Four to come out. Mm-hmm. It's like drinking from a fire hose much, as much knowledge, but take the time. It's a few hours long to watch all the different episodes, one, two, and three so far. But this is what we're dealing with. And I think the one that really hits home for Becky and I is yoga. Mm-hmm. Maybe Becky more than me because, I don't know, I'm. it's yoga. But Well, I've always, when I first heard of yoga, it just... There, I, there's always been something off. I guess not a lot of dudes do yoga, so it's not really That's, in my realm. People, yeah. we're not at work saying, "Oh yeah, man, did you see that game?" And not, I was doing not yoga here in Spokane, but around the world. Oh, they're called yogis. The, yeah, yeah. A lot of the yogis are men, and they have—I don't know if they called it their enlightenment or whatever—but it's the Kundalini yoga and the Kundalini spirit of the serpent is what that means. Mm-hmm, is when 
you you're doing yoga, these yogis, and they finally reach the top to mm-hmm. give it an easy name, and they go into these convulsions and hysterical laughing and what they call drunk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's all people think that it's it's just if if you do it with the right heart, I've heard that over and over and over, then then it's not religious. Well, that's wrong. A, the heart is deceitful mm-hmm. uh, and wicked. And B, you're using your body as an antenna. Yeah. Or if you want to scare people, a portal. Mm-hmm. And you're opening up to spirits, a.k.a. demons, mm-hmm. to come into your body, whether you know it or not. If you think the devil's going to announce his plans. <laughs> Here I come. Yeah. Don't do yoga, people, because I'm going to enter into your body through that. He's not going to. It's just going to happen because he's subtle as a serpent. Mm-hmm. It tells us time and time again throughout the Bible that Satan is sneaky yeah. and that you need to try the spirits. And and since I heard of yoga and then and it kind of gave me the chills and I and I never did yoga. And then I heard that it was somewhat religious. And I was like, well, hands off for me, though, because I guarantee you it's not a Christian religion. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I did some study into it. And yes, I was right to be wary of it. And the, but there's people doing Christian yoga. No, nope. That's like saying I'm a Christian Buddhist. Yeah. You can't. Exactly. It's the exact same thing as saying that. Or I'm a Christian Hindu. Yep. You cannot have both. How's this? Stretch. <clears throat> Just yes. do stretches. Yes. And but and there are certain stretches you have to stay away from. Well, I mean, get yourself a good old fashioned yeah. runner's stretch book and go ahead there and you stretch. Go. But when people defend yoga, it just it. It hurts my ears mm-hmm. because, and then they do it out of ignorance. And I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying you're ignorant because you haven't learned. Mm-hmm. And I know that the, saying this, if you're listening, it's probably going to offend you. But on that seat of judgment, mm-hmm. God is going to go every th- over everything you've done as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's something as silly as yoga that you could have put off. Yeah, you're really going to let that stand in your way of. Of getting a crown, maybe, or whatever it is. To me, that's how I look at it. You know, it, I look at it as a big picture, and there I am on the judgment seat. To me, it's not worth it. If God is not for it, then neither am I. Yeah. I've heard that, that somewhere. Yeah. If God's against it, so am I. It's It should be that easy. Yeah. And I don't think you'll catch Jesus doing yoga. No, he'd probably stretch because he walked a lot. Maybe. But, I mean... It, if it roots from a different religion, you should be hands off. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying here is the New Age movement, as it looks to try to infiltrate Christianity, you got to be aware, you got to be watching out for it in your church. Yeah, and it it has infiltrated churches through women mm-hmm. yep. a lot. Yep. So that's what we got for today, Becky. I thank you for your passionate insight on today's topics. If you guys want to get a hold of us, help us out, 509-818-7818. If the topic you want to hear us try to tackle, hey, shoot us a text. Becky, I thank you. I'm Matt. Till next time, remember to be sober and be vigilant. Goodbye. To the old me. God made me anew. And I'm so grateful. I'm lucky I'm even in the room. I know they wanna kill kids in the womb Try to get to heaven, here's the interview Praying to the 